The top three keys to success in real estate are location, location, and you guessed it, location. This is a famous quote uttered by many great real estate tycoons through the years. The idea being that while you may have a property, beautiful, sprawling lawns, brand new roof on the mansion home, on the property, new appliances, granite countertops, it's got it all. But if it's in the middle of Nowheresville, Hicktown, where nobody wants to live, the land ain't coveted very much, well, the ROI will not be too spectacular. But if you should have some small, dinky, worn-out, run-down apartment, but it's in the middle of downtown Lakewood, in the old days downtown Manhattan, the Upper West Side, a place where it has the feature of great location, even if it lacks everything else, you're probably going to do pretty well with it. It'll be a lucrative investment and deal, hopefully. It's all about location. And this isn't a rule that is specific to business, real estate. I know. In husbandry, in farming, and trying to really grow any fruit or vegetable, the location, the climate, the habitat, it matters. Avocados, you want to be a successful avocado farmer? Well, you must make sure that you are in a location that is moderately warm, 60 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. You should plant it probably between March and June. Some solid humidity is how the avocados like it. That's your best chance to have a successful successful avocado ranch. But if you should try that same climate to plant oranges, oh, no, 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 you need it much warmer. Oranges love the sun. Florida, Morocco, California. Location, location, location. And when it comes to coffee beans, oh, yeah, get out of the sun. Tropical climates and outside, away from the direct sunlight. It seems that in many areas, if you have this attribute locked up, a great location, well, then you will ensure success. But this week, we come to a Pusik in this rather arcane, all-encompassing, beautiful, lyrical masterpiece of a song inside of Parsha's Hazinu that stretches this idea of location and how it can ensure beautiful, ripe, successful fruits, peros. It seems to be implied even to growing, successful humans. Pause success. It is Parshas Hazinu, Paraklamid Bays, Pasuk Ches, Bahanchel Elyon Goyim, Bahafrido Bene Adam, Yatsev Gevulos Amim Lamisbar Bene Yisrael. When the Most High directed the nations to their inheritance, when He separated the sons of man, He set up the boundaries of the nations. See, every country. 
has a certain feel to it. It's very interesting. Every makim, the borders, it seems that the environment a person grows up in, it has a serious impact on what will sprout forth. Location matters in growing humans. You'll see that if you grow up in, let's say, overseas, you will have a different outlook on life, different mentalities, a different physique, different mannerisms. Each country, like its own species, some countries give birth to smaller humans, larger humans, slower humans, faster humans, wiser humans, more dull-minded humans. You can almost laugh that in other countries, besides for your own home territory, when you hear them speaking a certain language, it doesn't even sound like it could possibly mean anything. It's just gibberish. Have you ever heard someone speak Arabic or Swahili? Sounds funny. But yet I bet you they would think the same thing when we talk English. But the location of where you grow up, where you're planted, the home, it really matters. I love to talk about the middle parts of America. I'm a southerner. If you go a little bit more west, let's say you hit small towns in Oklahoma, you'll find people that life is peaceful and slow. They've been brought up under the sun where some of the most important things is there are prayer services on Sunday, ice cold beers, football, and the only thing more important than family is their hat. Kind of sounds like a new chassan who just got his first Borsalino. Or I guess it's just a bad joke, but that's the type of climate, the type of habitat, the muckum that maybe Oklahoma inspires in a person. But if you send a New Yorker out there, oh, it's way too slow for them. They will not enjoy some dirt road, long, kicking it back type of ride. A New Yorker needs a fast-paced type of lifestyle. Hustle and bustle. He loves the noise. Because it seems muckum. A person's locale and district is a part of what he will grow up to be like. Humans grow based on where they are planted. And it seems now that our spiritual success, yes, our Hatzalacha in our Torah and our Hatzalacha in our Tefillah also is dependent upon our Makom. Why? Because when you start to look out for why Makomos are important and where they show up throughout Tanakh, you'll find Myriads, cadres, bevy of instances. Let's talk davening first. When it comes to tefillah, we already know how important a makom kavua is. The Gemara in Brachos, it tells us on 6b that anyone who prays at his makom kavua, he is the God of Abraham to be of special help to him. There is something unique about davening at your makom kavua. I don't know why, but your makom, it's different. Seems like there's a better ability to connect. You have an upper hand. And when Yaakov Avinu passed by 
Hamakom, the place that his father, his Zaydi, that they prayed. He didn't stop. He said to himself, Is it possible? Is it possible that I will walk right past the place that my fathers prayed and not pray? That makom, that plateau, that harabais, that's a special makom tefillah. And Rashi comments there that all the tefillahs, based on the Pasuk, have to fly to the harabais, to the zeshar hashomayim. There is this portal to heaven that even when you pray in your shul out in Los Angeles or in Passaic, New Jersey, your tefillah flies from your mouth across the world to the portal in heaven, which is stationed right above Western Wall, the harabais. That is the makom. Tefillah is toloi in makom. Davening in the wrong spot seems like it could be like planting avocados in Antarctica. When it comes to the holy temple, we are told over and over again that ha makom, that is the place to bring sacrifices, to serve. And outside, if you shall try to bring a sacrifice at a different spot in your own backyard private bummer, no backyard sacrifice services, no. There is one place for the divine. It rests itself stronger. So no backyard sacrifices. The Mikdash, the holiest place on earth, is called after that spot. It seems that location, location, location. It truly is the makom tzemicha, the fertile soil that one needs in order to see beautiful, luscious, lavish fruits of his labor. You got to plant, pray in the right spot. One of the biggest examples so how about HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself? One of the ways that we refer to Hashem is by his name, the name, omnipresent, the all-present, the HaMakom. He is the place. He doesn't need to confine himself to certain spots. He is everything. He is all of the place, omnipresent. He owns all locations. It's amazing. Humans need specific locations, habitats, and climates in order to strike. And people divide it up into different countries will grow up to be different style people. It's always interesting to see how it's the same Torah being taught in America and in Eretz Yisrael, but yet the children come out with a different sort of tone and temperament. If they're brought up in Eretz Yisrael or America, are they brought up in town, out of town? The location matters. And definitely, if we're to zero in on the holiest locations, it's obvious that Eretz Yisrael and the boundaries, the biblical boundaries, it encases a certain super spiritual accessible location. It's different than all other lands. That location, that locale, that region, that district, it's just simply higher up, better. You get even closer in Yerushalayim, a better location, 
the biggest ROI. And eventually you get even closer to the Harabayas, even closer to the Oamoe, the Mikdash. The Kadesh right between the Kruvim, the Holy Aron, there's a certain proximity that you keep getting closer and closer. Location matters. What about now? Let's get into Inyana de Yoma. Saving ourselves from the, God forbid, any evil decree that may have been given to us for even if it has been, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, we can still rip it up. And have Hashem remove it until Yom Kippur, to the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah 16b. says that there are four things that are able to rip up a evil decree. Someone has been decreed to have something bad happen to them that year. Rabbi Yitzchak tells us, that you can rip it up through tzedakah, charity, tzedakah, crying out. Shinei Hashem, you can change your name. Shinei Misa, and you can change your actions. But I want to focus on the next part of the Gemara. Very interesting addition. The Gemara goes on further. You know what else you can use to save yourself from an evil decree? The Yesh Af Shinei Makom. You could simply change your location. You could change everything. It's unbelievable. But it makes a little bit of sense now that you have a relatively healthy avocado tree, but it's in the brutal winter of Antarctica. If you should uproot it and actually put it inside of some beautiful, moist, well-fertilized land in a moderately humid 65-degree Fahrenheit location, that it may start to sprout beautiful, soft, just the right firmness avocados. Gemar brings a pasuk. I'll prove it to you. Go for yourself. Leave your land. You're going to be a great nation. So, it's really pretty interesting. You just change your location because it's about location, location, location. And maybe, just maybe, we can suggest this is the reason why after Cain killed Hevel, the first murder, what was the punishment? No, Vinoid. You were sent, banished, to wander, to walk. There's no set spot. You have no locale. You have no home territory and district. You're just always wandering. So you never get a makom. Something deep going on here. And now I want to get personal. Say over something that happened to me. A tradition given over to me that I want to pass along to you. That makes things a little bit even more practical. And... Hopefully, we'll answer sometimes a complex issue that we may encounter in our lives. So, the question was pretty straightforward. It was about, not about, I remember, it was three years ago when I got married. And it's always fun to take a trip down memory lane to remember the wedding. But there are some things that were different about my wedding from how I had pictured it to look like. For one, it was during the COVID epidemic. So there were not 
too many people there, say about 50 to 75. And a lot of my close relatives and friends were not present. It's weird to see the pictures with people with masks on their face. It's weird to see just how distant everyone was from each other, physically, socially distant. It's good they abided by the rules, right? But it was just, it was different. Now, ultimately, it ended up being probably just, the more I think about it, the greatest wedding ever. It was cozy, and it was small, and it was friends, and it was family, and everyone was involved, and you felt a need to dance, and, you know, we did all the mitzvahs. Everything was great. So, but right after, maybe say a couple months after the wedding, I was planning on going to Eretz Yisrael to go back to Yeshiva Smir. After all, the locale, the location matters. Eretz Yisrael is where it's at. Yerushalayim, Yeshiva Smir, with Rabbi Elephant learning in Koilo, and my brother was there. Here we go. Except the borders were closed and there was no ability to fly. So, in the time being, we rented a small apartment in Lakewood, just for a couple months, right? But uh, things began to become very comfortable. I got a spot in the Colo in Lakewood, and the apartment was nice. America's nice to be able to have a car in Eretz Yisrael. It's not so practical or doable. We got comfortable, and we were striking. But then we heard some news that Borders were opening up. And thank God COVID was leaving our midst. And we were going to have the ability after the next couple weeks were over that Zman to fly back to Eretz Yisrael and carry out the dream. Live the honeymoon. A year in Eretz Yisrael, no parents around. Yes. Basking in the holy Eretz Yisrael schnitzel, falafel, maybe a little bit of learning. But that's the dream, right? But we weren't sure, should we uproot our lives in a place where we're being successful to go try to be more successful somewhere else? So, fortunately enough, we had a short meeting with some pull, and someone in my family has connections to the great Rabbi Greenwald, who is a head of a seminary in Eretz Yisrael, such a chacham, a brilliant person. So my wife and I, we went to ask him this question. We told him all the different details of the question, and he thought, and he thought, and he thought, and then he thought some more. And he said, you know, Bistral Salanter said that we do not uproot a flower that is growing to be able to replant it somewhere else where it may grow better. And he explained to us, The location matters. But if you're being successful somewhere, we don't change the makom to try to get more hatzlacha. And what this is, is an answer in, now that location is so important, and we know that location will have a direct impact on our hatzlacha. When do we say that we're having enough hatzlacha? When do we say we want more? And the tradition that I received is that if a person is looking for more Hatzlacha, then no. That's not dependent on the Mukkah, and that's yourself. That's putting in the work, the determination, the grit. But the rest of the answer, the tradition is, 
that if a person should feel stuck, he feels like he's got a roya gzaar, he's got a bad, evil decree on him. It's not being matzliach. It's not going. The gainish is not happening in Lakewood. Well, then a person should go. Change your makam. Shinoi makam. Unbelievable. And it works hand in hand with what happens during Hallel. I once heard this from a great person, Eli Mishori. He told me over that, why is it that we shake the lulav on the upcoming holiday of Sukkot? By Ana Hashem Hoshia, no, when Mirkazim will say, Oh, no, Hashem, Hoshia, no. But Ana Hashem Hatzlicha, no. No shaking. No moving. Everyone just says it back and forth. Ana Hashem Hatzlicha, no. That's it. Why the moving by Hashia, but not the moving of the Lula by Hatzlicha? He said, The Pshat is, I th- believe he cited it from either a Toysavis Yantiv or a Tiferis Yisrael. Because when a person needs hoishia, he needs a salvation. Sometimes you got to move. You got to shake. You got to have a shinai maka. But if you just want more atzlacha, you want a bit more success. No, no, no. It's not dependent upon you moving. Don't move. Just put in more effort and add some fuel to your fire. Fire, Muster up the resolve to be more matzliach. So we can conclude that location, location, Location is, are, the essential, part of the essential aspects of growing a successful human. You learn Torah in the wrong spot, it's not going to go the same way. You're trying to build yourself and pray without a makam kavua, on the side of the road, not paying attention. In a spot far away from Eretz Yisrael, far away from a shoal, outside of a base Knesses. It's like trying to put seeds into a big parking lot. It's not going to grow. Our Hatzlacha is tolly b'makom. And b'smanazeh. That we don't have the base HaMikdash. Where is the ultimate makom? Hashem tells us. Gemara and Bracha says that now that our temple has been destroyed. That ain't Akadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem cannot be found. Except for in the eight square feet, four cubit feet, around eight feet. Within that proximity of learning Tyra. So yeah, learn in shoals, daven in shoals, hang out in yeshivos. This way. You can move your coffee plant from the Sahara Desert where it ain't doing very well into this tropical paradise. You move your avocados into that perfect climate. You will plant yourself in a new makam that is fertile and ready for you to start striking. So if you need a haishia, you need a salvation, Consider changing where you learn, changing where you hang out, maybe even changing your location. If you don't need a hoshia, you just need a hatzlacha, then maybe it just takes a little bit more grit and determination. But we can conclude that really, our success is dependent upon location. The place matters. Hatzlacha, our success, is totally 
and muck them. So plant yourself somewhere ready for you to start growing. Kill them, 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 kill them